0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post
1: office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
2: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. (laughs)
1: Is that private party?
2: The revolution is televised.
1: Settle! Settle! Yeah.
2: go forward. Join the dark order.
1: That belt's yours. This one, this one, Cody, is mine. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network.
2: Hello, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 130, and it's a look at the themes of the late, great Brody Lee. And today I am joined by a longtime friend of Brody's. He also shared the ring with him on many an occasion, because he's also a pro wrestler, It's Colin Delaney. Hello, Colin. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am
0: good. I will already admit that, uh, hearing my friend's name, uh, delivered as the late does still, uh, choke me up a little bit.
2: It's, it's rough, yeah. We're, um, we're doing this a little over a year after Brody's passing, a year and, you know, three months or so, and, uh, it's rough it's rough and it's weird to think that he's gone still um, but I think the purpose of this show will be to you know to celebrate Brody and his life and career and and obviously his themes which he had you know a bunch and a lot of them were great too so um you know I uh, I do want to say thank you Colin by the way I told you this beforehand but uh, again thank you so much for being here I know as a as a longtime friend of Brody's you were very 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 close so uh I appreciate you coming on and doing this episode with me here
0: yeah, yeah, of course, uh, I have, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> my house has become some kind of a weird shrine to him, he would make so much fun of me, I've got like uh, pictures of him on my wall, like paintings that people made for me of him, I've got like, I don't know, every shirt that came out that had his face on it, I own, so yeah, I mean, he meant a lot to me, so I'm always down to uh, to talk about him, and uh, and remember him
2: as he was. Well, I do want to give another big thank you to Gran Akuma because originally I was going to do this with him back in January, uh, closer to the anniversary of Brody's passing, and he couldn't make it. He was sick. So we had to postpone, and uh, I guess he's still sick a little bit. So uh, he told me, you know, I'll hit up Colin. I'm sure he'd love to do it. And, you know, sure enough, he connected us, and, and there you are. So uh, thank you, Akuma. Um, I know he played a heel throughout much of his career, but uh, he's a good guy for sure, Colin.
0: He's a good guy. His the And and uh, my favorite uh, Akuma highlight is when he kicked Cloudy so hard that he threw up in the ECW arena.
2: <laughs> I uh, I remember that clip. Um, fondly may be a weird word to use, I think, but I remember it very well, yeah. <laughs>
0: no, nope, fondly is the correct word. I've watched it a
2: million times. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, well, this is pretty new territory for me because I've done so many episodes over the years with people where they're very knowledgeable about the topic in some way, whether it's you know a wrestler or a promotion or or genre of music or what have you. But I believe this is the first time I've had someone on who personally and, and intimately knew the subject themselves. And you know, as I said you know, before. You and Brody, very close friends for, for a long time. How far back did you guys go exactly? When did you first meet up? Uh,
0: I was a kid. We we met. Uh, we backyard wrestled together when I was, uh, I want to say, 12 or 13 years old. And he was probably 48 or 49 <laughs> at the time. I don't know. He was always an old dude. Uh, but yeah, no, we backyard wrestled together. We met when I was, a, I was an actual kid.
2: Yeah, I saw some photos online of you and Brody and uh, and Chris Harrington as well from back in the day. And um, you are a child. Yeah, you are correct there. You're you were very very young. And, and Brody looks like you know your older brother. Um, it's just it's remarkable how young you guys looked. Um, but I mean that was over twenty years ago at this point or whatever. And and that friendship would obviously just you know carry on into wrestling from the Rochester and, and New York State Indies to Chikara, of course. All the way to uh, WWE because I know you wrestled him uh, when he was a member of the Bludgeon Brothers in a tag match back in 2017. Which, um, which speaking of WWE, I-, I think I read this once. Is it true that Brody helped get you the gig in WWE back in 07 for ECW?
0: It is. Yeah, it is. He was there doing extra work. He hadn't. He wasn't even uh, working for the company yet himself, <clears throat> but he was backstage. Uh, trying to get noticed, trying to get seen, uh, doing extra work, and called me up because they needed a small guy to get beat up on TV that night, and he called me, and uh,
2: yeah, uh, I guess the rest is history. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's just really one example of so many uh, of the kind of guy that Brody was. Because you know when the news broke that he died, I mean just just so many tributes came pouring in talking about how great a guy he was and how nice and helpful and, and giving he was from everywhere, you know, WWE, AEW, ROH, the indies, everywhere. Um, I mean, even, like, some of the Dragon Gate guys from back in the day, like Shingo and Mochizuki, even they paid their respects, you know, despite Brody being on, like, one tour of Japan for them, like, over you know, a decade ago, they still paid their respects to him. And I think that just, that sheer, massive outpouring of love really just shows how, you know, amazing he was and how beloved he was by so many people, Colin.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to to meet that big lummox was to love him. Uh, yeah, he uh, he really did touch a lot of lives, and, and, and all the way through, uh, I don't know, there was no one like him. Uh, uh, he maintained uh, friendships that a lot of people would have lost throughout it and and maintained good relationship with anybody he was always there to talk to even when he was crazy busy with a, a you know a full road schedule and and super busy with tv and stuff he was still always available to pretty much anybody he was he really was one of a kind
2: and and as someone who only really knew brody you know from the characters that he played on, on tv or, or whatever Um, it's kind of funny, there is such a a big difference between Brody, you know, John, the guy, and and Brody, the character, because, you know, normally he's playing the Heavy, you know, whether it was the Big Rig or Luke Harper or the Exalted One, he was this big, scary looking bad guy with the wild eyes and the hair and the bushy beard, but in real life he's just this absolute sweetheart. So there's a, a little bit of, you know, a bit of dissonance there that I think is quite ironic in a way. Um... And it was funny, too. Like, I remember watching those BTE sketches with him and the Dark Order guys where he's just, you know, screaming his head off. You idiots! Like, he was hysterical there, which, uh, again, he never really would have picked up on just based on, you know, watching him on TV or whatever. So uh, he did a great job of definitely, you know, portraying that kind of character on screen without giving away that he's just this, you know, nice guy in real life.
0: Yeah, those BTE sketches and and all the stuff he was doing as the exalted one. That's, it. It. I feel like it finally let people kind of see, a bit more, of him and and the personality and the you know, that kind of thing. That because he always had that. You know, there was stories forever about uh, Vince McMahon wanting to do like a southern accent and wanted him to do this and that, and he just that's not him. And uh, they didn't want him to talk at times, and it's like whoa. If if you ever met the guy, you know that he's got an incredible personality and and actually has a really good way of, with words. Except for well, I mean, I say that. Go look up his uh, his first promo he did at Chikara; it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> well, uh, we'll get to those uh, those early Chikara days in a moment here, for sure with the uh, with the first song here. But um, but yeah, let's get to these these themes and uh, like in some past episodes that I've done. We're not going to cover every single Brody theme. Uh, he does have some indie themes that are either not really prominent or I guess I couldn't find them at all, which um, reminds me, uh, Colin, do you remember any songs that Brody used as entrance music when you guys were first starting out in wrestling, like the first couple of years or so?
0: I was trying to rack my brain when we first started talking about this. And I know he there was one he used early, early, and I can't come up with it. Uh, I feel like it was by, I feel like the group's name was Handsome Boy Modeling School. <laughs> but I couldn't come up with what the the song was. That was early, early. And I even texted my brother. So Brody, one of his first tag team partners was my actual brother, Ed. Um, They were a team called Big and Tasty. <laughs> uh, he was the right stuff, Brody Lee. And uh, my brother, Ed, was Hangin' Tough, Freddy
2: Midnight. I can sense a, a pattern there with the nicknames that uh, we'll, we'll touch on soon. But, yeah, um, and, they,
0: and they came out to What's Golden by Jurassic 5.
2: Yes, and uh, that's in my notes, actually. Uh, he did use that song, I think, in Chikara like, once early on. He used it so, in Chikara
0: um, once, but uh, primarily before that, that's what he was using uh, on the indies. He was using What's Golden, and he did... Mix in the the right stuff intro, but yeah, what's golden by Jurassic Five was was the one I remember
2: most for him. Mm-hmm. And as we go along here, we'll see that uh, it's a far cry from the typical Brody Lee theme, that's for sure. So um, yeah, let's get to it. Uh, again, we'll focus here on the big Brody Lee themes, the ones that people know the most, the ones that are the most famous, um, or in the case of the first one, infamous. Because we'll start off with Brody's Chikara debut in March of 07, which, uh, geez, 15 years ago this month, actually. He debuted there not as the big rig Brody Lee, that'll come later, but rather as, as you said, Colin, the right stuff Brody Lee. And if you're thinking astronaut gimmick, think again. Uh, Brody's first theme in Chikara is by New Kids on the Block, the album Hangin' Tough. This is The Right Stuff. As I mentioned earlier, you know, 99% of our perception of Brody Lee, the on-screen character, is the big badass, the trucker, the burly henchman, uh, the suit-wearing cult leader. And then there's this. Uh, Then there's, uh, uh, uh-oh-oh, the right stuff, which, if you can find a clip of the entrance, do so, because he's coming out wearing basketball shorts and tassels. And he's doing like this awkward strutting to the ring. He looks like a hybrid of like CM Punk, The Young Bucks, and Larry Sweeney, and it's it's completely antithetical, gimmick-wise and music-wise, to the Brody Lee that we're all used to, Colin. It's quite the sight.
0: Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is early, early Brody. He uh, was still trying to figure it out, kind of. And on the indies a lot, he was me, him, and Jimmy Olsen were paired off together a lot. And me and Jimmy wore tassels, and we were like the fun-loving uh, kids, because we were. And uh, Brody kind of just followed suit, right? So uh, when he debuted in Chikara, he, because he was riding with me and Jimmy to Chikara a bunch at that point, and finally uh, Quack... Was going to give him an opportunity. I, I think someone canceled. I think it was Reckless Youth. Honestly, I think Reckless Youth had to cancel, and so he, uh, Quack decided to give Brody a shot, and and that's what we get. He wrestled Equinox, right?
2: Uh, he did. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's the promo. You gotta it, if you think the entrance is something, you got to check out the the promo that goes along with this thing. We made I, I I'll never forget making fun of him the whole way home from. Uh, where were we Uh, we weren't in barnesville we were in maybe hellertown uh and uh, brody loved to argue so he was like nope i am right what i said was correct and we looked it up and we're like dude you were you had no idea what you were talking about there and he's like okay you guys are right
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it, it was hellertown by the way you were right on that um, hey. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is a great example of, a, of an early lesser-known indie gimmick, right? Like like before El Generico, there was uh, Stevie McFly. Right. You know, before The Big Rig, there was The Right Stuff. And in the context of a place like Jakara, where you've got Los Ice Creams and the Colony and people like that, it's not that weird. But in the context of Brody's career at large, it's an odd one. Especially the music, because, you know, every song we'll play after this is not a love song from a boy band, that's for sure. And, and granted, this was before the big bushy beard and the sweaty wife beater and all that, and he wasn't as big of a guy either back then, too. But but still, he, he doesn't look like a new kids kind of guy, Colin. Was he a fan of this group in real life by any chance? I'm, I'm curious.
1: I
0: don't think, not really, no, no. Uh... If if you get a chance, clip in clip in what's golden somewhere in there because he was a big fan of Jurassic five. where the what's golden came from uh we i remember we drove down to the very first ring of honor show in philadelphia from rochester me brody chris harrington and uh two other friends of ours gardner watts tom zarniak we drove down just to see it because we were you know uh just huge wrestling fans uh brody drove his uh the hue blazer we called it and uh he had the Jurassic five quality control album in his car. So we listened to that on the way down. And then that night uh, we were introduced to the wrestler Spanky, Brian Kendrick, and he came out to the song quality control and we were losing it because we were just listening to that song. So uh, he was always a big Jurassic five fan. So I know he was a J five fan. I don't, I can't confirm that he was actually a new kids fan i don't I don't actually know where the uh, where the the where we came about that nickname. I know, like I said, my brother was hanging tough and he was the right stuff, and they were big and tasty after that short-lived McDonald's uh, sandwich, but <laughs> I,
2: can, I cannot give you context on why. Okay, one of life's mysteries, I suppose. Yeah, but um, but I am learning some uh, fun Brody Lee facts. Uh, I had no idea he named a tag team after a sandwich. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty fun fact right there. Yeah. Yeah, you remember the Big and Tasty? I I don't. I'm sorry. I have no memory of it actually.
0: It was a it was a short lived McDonald's sandwich, and uh, that was their like uh, their version of the Buff Bagwell Scott Norton vicious and delicious. Ah
2: well. A worthy successor—that's that, for sure, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But um, but I'm curious about this as well, Colin, because you were on the show too. Do you remember at all any you know reactions from backstage for the entrance or the gear or whatever? So, uh,
0: and and I'm sure we'll continue to get into this. But I feel like everybody who saw John, uh, especially in those early years when he hadn't really had it figured out. Could tell that there was something about him. You know, he was he was big, he was athletic, he was fast, he was smart. Um, but there was something missing. Um, uh, and and that's I mean, we can get more into it on the next song. But Mike Quackenbush, after having him on that Chikara show, said to him, "Hey." I like you. I think you're very talented. I, there's, you know, there's something about you, but uh, there's something missing. Maybe get with uh, Mitch Ryder, who's a very smart, uh, also recently passed wrestler from, you know, back in the day, and said, "Email Mitch," and uh, I think Mitch might have
2: some ideas for you. Interesting, yeah. Well, well, eventually the change would come because the right stuff, Brody Lee. He does have one more match in Chikara with that Jurassic Five theme, but he does go away for a little bit, and he comes back as the Big Rig, Brody Lee, this mean, badass trucker in jeans and a wife beater, and that would be his gimmick for the remainder of his indie run until he went to WWE in 2012, and and that look would be his look for like you know a decade pretty much. So. I mean, as far as changes go, that one was a, a pretty big one for his career because it really, I think, boosted him up and put him in a new kind of level there. Um, so, yeah, it was a smart move, I think, to become the big rig, uh, Colin, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, so as the story goes, he does get a hold of Mitch Ryder. He emails Mitch Ryder and says, Mike wants me to, wanted me to reach out to you. And, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. And Mitch Ryder emailed him back and said, when I see you,
2: I see like a dirty trucker and the big rig Brody Lee was born and his big theme as the big rig in Jakarta and other places was by Johnny Cash off the album American five, a hundred highways. This is God's going to cut you down.
1: Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell them that God's gonna cut them down Tell them that God's gonna
0: cut them down Well, my goodness, gracious, let me tell you the news My head's been wet
2: with the midnight dew I've been down on bended knee Talking to the... So I, I love late-era Johnny Cash, you know, the whole American album series. Because his voice is weathered, but it made the song sound so much more haunting. Really, like his version of "Hurt" is what it is because of that voice, and the same is true for this song too. Like, there's a real quiet menace to this song in a way. It's not big and loud and, and chaotic. It's it's a bit more understated. And I know Brody Lee, not, a, not an understated guy by any stretch, of course, but um, but it does make for an interesting dichotomy, I think, in that sense. And it and it is a big step up from the right stuff as well, Colin, I think.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people, I feel, have used this song since. Um, because really, I mean, you talked about Johnny Cash's voice in this thing, but really, I think what makes it especially for... Uh, what he was going for is the just how it starts. The boom, 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 boom. And it's got like the the almost the sound of spurs, you know, hitting the ground. Like it's very like it's got this uh this beat you can just get behind and and, and walk confidently
2: to. Yeah, the difference, I think, between The Right Stuff and this song is the same difference between, uh, you know, tassels and strutting and big-booting Tim Donst's head off before the bell rings. You know, that, that's the difference. And what I love, too, is that he didn't go for a typical, you know, quote-unquote, trucker song, like, like Convoy or Radar Love or whatever. This is a traditional folk gospel song about God's wrath. God's going to cut you down. And, and yeah, that, that stomping beat, it's all very serious business. And I think regardless of the trucker gimmick, because Brody has that, that dangerous presence about him, the tone, the voice, the aura of the song really matches up with him so well, definitely.
0: Yeah, he had a very... He did actually have a very interesting uh, musical tastes. Uh Like... Like we talked about, he was a big Jurassic 5 fan. Jurassic 5 was, was uh, big for him. But I'll never forget, he was big on Modeski Martin, and Wood also. Like he was this, I don't know. In college, he was a big hippie, I remember. <laughs> uh, when I first met him, one time he showed up to the, the park where we wrestled and he had magenta hair and two earrings on. Uh, and yeah, he, was, uh, he had just come back from like Vermont where he was camping with his hippie friends. So <laughs> another another wacky side of of Brody Lee that a lot of people don't know he we back here, when we back here wrestling he wore a dude love shirt a bunch that tie dye dude love shirt was one of his uh one of his go tos. I, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Um, well, but what's so great... when it comes to when it comes like when it comes to picking entrance songs, I mean uh, the right stuff is a bit of an outlier. But like what's golden is a it was a great uh a great entrance theme and then god's gonna cut you down also a great entrance theme like when he's picking them he's he was picking them he he wasn't picking obvious choices he wasn't picking the the flavor of the month he was he was picking some songs that you could you know the crowd could get behind and and feel well you know uh, him walking to the ring with that beat
2: just you could feel it And what it also does is that it sets the tone for the rest of his themes, which is a much darker tone. You know, no more boy bands, no more R and B. The mood has shifted, you know, significantly here. And Brody does have, you know, heavier themes than this afterwards, sure. But um, I think this perfectly set the mood that this guy is someone to be feared. Do not mess with him. Stay out of his way. And that'll carry over for the rest of his career, you know, whether as a henchman or uh, the leader of his own group, he'll always have that foreboding presence about him going forward, Khan.
0: Yeah, I think the, the, the heavier themes are definitely not his style, but uh, <laughs> like I was listening to him uh, over the past couple days, and, and we'll get to it, but yeah, uh, this is more, uh, if he could have picked his theme songs, throughout his career I think we'd have we'd have had more like this
2: Mm -hmm. so uh, from 08 to 09 Brody also spent some time in Ring of Honor as a member of the Age of the Fall and uh, Brody did not use Johnny Cash there but he did use the Age of the Fall theme Uh, this is by Walls of Jericho the band not the move uh, the album with Devils Amongst Us All this is The Haunted (laughs) got another uh, pivot here because uh, we went from the haunting melancholy of Johnny Cash to Laurie Strode screaming her head off <laughs> into a metalcore song. So yeah, quite the, quite the shift there. And, um, and this is the heaviest, most aggressive song on the list here. Uh, a bit intense lyrically as well, talking about uh, this is our hope, hopeless beat and strife. You kill the messenger not to hear it. We must survive. It's not getting any better. So it's, a, it's quite a lot there, but uh, when you're in a group with, you know, Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black, you know, things will obviously get a lot darker and more dour and, and emo and goth, Colin. It's, it's to be expected, of course.
0: Yeah, and once again, I think it goes back to... Uh, so this theme song definitely fit Jimmy Jacobs, definitely fit Tyler Black. It didn't necessarily fit Brody, and... Uh, I mean, he fits into the group, and uh, in in you know, uh, especially when you see, I mean, uh, at at the beginning when you look at it, in the time, maybe not. Uh, but now with the Wyatt family and everything else that that transpired after the Age of the Fall, I guess it it, it fits more. But this song didn't really fit Brody. But it goes back to what I was saying <laughs> earlier, like. Uh, it was everybody uh, throughout his career. I think just saw there was something in him, uh, and they wanted they wanted to use him. They just didn't know how. So people would always pair him up in groups and try to do different things with him. And I think that's what Ring of Honor was doing here, and uh, and you know putting him in this group where he was great, but uh, the age of the Fall Group is. And this theme song specifically are are way more tailored to Jimmy Jacobs, who's a a genius, by the way, and Tyler Black.
2: Right. Yeah, I wrote in my notes as well that uh, this doesn't feel like a Brody Lee theme specifically to me. And that's because it wasn't. You know, it was Age of the Fall. That was their theme. And he was meant to be the heater of the group after Necrobutcher left. So, you know, Brody is not necessarily the driving force of the group that would be Jacobs, that would be Black. You know, they're the main focus there. So, obviously, you know, the theme would come to represent them much more so than it would Brody. Um, So, yeah, it works well for the group, but for Brody as just himself, not so much. And I guess, you know, as you alluded to there, Colin, earlier, it sounds like he wasn't a big fan of this kind of music just in general, really, right?
0: No, no, (laughs) no. Okay. (laughs) Once again, he was was like a, a fan of like... You know, more like the Johnny Cash, more like the God will cut you down, and then more like what we'll hear soon with uh, even the WWE themes, even like the 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 later stuff. That's that's a little bit more his style. If if you don't know who Madeski Martin and Wood are, go look up Madeski Martin and Wood and imagine this six foot eight, uh, big bearded dude just rocking down the
2: highway to that. Yeah, I did look up this band as you were talking, and um, they're described as an avant-jazz funk band uh, influenced by funk and hip-hop. And um, and again, look, the Brody Lee that I know <laughs> with the big crazy eyes and the beard and all that, he doesn't seem like an avant-jazz funk kind of guy. But obviously, as you knew him, he was. So it is funny to me that on the one hand, he's coming out to, you know, screaming goth emo metalcore you know that whole thing but in real life he likes you know this whole other avant jazz funk stuff so it's it's fun to you know see the difference there for sure con yep that was him <laughs> that was him <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this episode of music of the Met is brought to you by hello fresh hello fresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes right to your door. No car trips, no long checkout lines, it's so much more convenient. You can also save, on average, over $65 a month with HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. And since inflation has hit the stores pretty hard these days, that's a good money smart move to make. There's a veggie option, calorie smart, gourmet, family friendly, and of course, don't forget about dessert with limited time treats like Dunkaroo's cookie dough, or Vanilla Delight Cheesecake. Mm, that sounds pretty good. And I know for myself, I am no kitchen whiz by any means. I like to keep things nice and easy, and with HelloFresh, I can do that. I've got the ingredients right there, the recipes, the prep work is low, the cleanup is easy. So if you're like me, and you wanna sign up, just go to hellofresh.com slash VOW16 and use the code VOW16 up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Once again, hellofresh.com VOW16. That's the number 16, by the way, one six. Use the code VOW16 and get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts.
1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: So uh, Brody signs with WWE in 2012 and he gets the new name Luke Harper. He goes to FCW first and then to NXT and is put with Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan to form the Wyatt family, which, you know, the majority of Brody's career in WWE centered around this group and those guys in some form or fashion. So, a pretty big part of his career for sure in general. And the Wyatt family would be together for a few years, they'd break up for a little bit, get back together, break up again. But when he was part of the Wyatt family, he used, of course, the Wyatt family theme. Also, the Bray Wyatt singles theme, too. This is by Mark Crozer and the Rells. Uh, The original name of this song is Broken Out in Love, which is a great name, by the way, but WWE bought the rights to it and renamed it to the much more generic-sounding Live in Fear. character is uh not the most positive one in the world i'll just say that but but you know despite any issues i have with that stuff you know i'll always go to bat for this theme song this theme rules i love the sound i love the atmosphere that opening bass line doing doom, 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 the slunky bluesy guitar it's laid back but still menacing again a lot like god's gonna cut you down that same kind of quiet menace in a way. So, yeah, I, I know I have I have a lot of misgivings about, you know, the Bray Wyatt character and the Fiend and all that, but I think this song is just so perfect for him uh, and for the group as a whole, Con.
0: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, this song rules. It really does rule. And uh, and uh, at a point, uh, I remember I was very excited when uh, when this is what they had him doing and, and this is how he debuted in this group because... Uh, it felt so different and so special right from the beginning and I feel like uh, you know WWE may have, have fumbled fumbled this thing a bit with them and there was a lot more legs to be had with the group the theme song is unbelievable
2: yeah it's a situation I think similar to age of the fall where it's not a Luke Harper theme specifically it's a Bray theme and stable theme but In this case, I think it does work better, actually, like that, because Bray's gimmick at the time, originally, it was the backwoods cult leader who could sway people with his words and lull them in, and and that song has that lulling factor to it. It's hypnotic with the slow pace and the gentle vocals. It sucks you in despite, you know, having this darker imagery about it with the lyrics, with the flies and crawling up the, the stairs, the cat amongst the pigeons, he won't see the sun again for years to come. He's broken out in love, like, like something is off there. It, but it sounds nice, like like a cult leader. So Luke Harper coming out to this theme song, and not only says that he's part of this group, he's under Bray's control as well. That's my feeling anyway, Colin.
0: Yeah, uh, and and you're right. It it does follow kind of the same. It's like a slower uh, version of the of God's. God's gonna cut you down. It's got that uh, na 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 tch. na na, na kind of like God's gonna cut you out of that doom tch. doom. Tch. You know, I don't know if that translates over. <laughs> no, no, it's into listen a, it is... into a microphone, but you know what I'm saying. Like it, it does, it has that same. Uh, feel it does. It really does.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, a karaoke safe space. So you sound you sound fine. Don't worry about that at all. You're you're good. But um, but as well with this song, there is the southern element to this one too, which we'll see in the next theme as well. I think a little bit. And uh, it's funny you brought up the story earlier of uh, Vince wanting Brody to do a southern accent, and he's like, um, I'm from Rochester. I can't. So, and that did kind of sour Vince on him unfortunately but um but he does look the part you know and and i think a consequence of this song is that it does kind of color brody you know as the luke harper character as this southern guy um despite him not actually being southern i think that is uh, a consequence of this song they're calling
0: yeah uh, i mean it kind of sucks that he couldn't do a southern accent but (laughs) because he did have the look and they and they were going for the whole thing um but there were so many times where they could have just, especially, uh, and we're going to get into the next, the next theme song, which is his his singles run. But during the singles run, you can, you can do whatever you want. You've already you've already fumbled the bag, uh, as they say, on the Wyatt family. So you, I mean, uh, you don't need to be like, oh no no no, because Bray Wyatt was southern. This guy definitely still has to be. No, you didn't have to make him have a southern accent. He could have had whatever accent he wanted. And once again, as you, as we saw later on with the, the AEW stuff, he's full of personality. Like <laughs> it seems like a, a I don't know, a, a, a whatever not to have him speak at all.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, he just got pigeonholed as a certain type of character in their eyes. And we know he had, you know, the skills to do more, and he could have shown off a, a wildly different character, perhaps, than what he was doing. But they just wouldn't go that way with him, and it was just really annoying. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, he didn't want to leave there. We,
0: we'll get into that. We can get into it later, but yeah, we'll,
2: we'll get to that soon for sure. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that the wide family would break up a few times. Uh, the first one being in 2014, and uh, Luke Harper would become a singles guy. He was IC champion for a little bit, which is pretty cool. Uh, He would also reunite with Rowan as a tag team without Bray for a little bit, too. And uh, for this part of his career, he got his first singles theme in WWE. His only one, actually. It's by Jim Johnston, and it's called Swamp Gas. So Jim Johnston very much in his element here with this one, all the focus on the guitars, and like with *Live in Fear*, it does lean into that southern edge, of course. Uh, in this case, though, much more of a hard rock blues rock kind of song. Uh, it's also heavier, has more of a punch to it as well, and and that's fine because it sounds like a song for an ass kicker, and it's also distinct enough from *Brace Theme* as well to make it its own thing. Um, but also, I, I do think it's it's a bit more generic compared to Brace theme or johnny cash or whatever um i mean it's a fine song don't get me wrong but it's just not as really memorable as those two are Colin, i don't think
0: yeah uh, i i actually really like this theme i do um i the it's got that uh that first note that lets you know what's going on which is a classic jim johnson thing um and and that's cool that brody had a a a theme by him because he's like a legend um and he uh, and this just like the last one i mean all, all the themes from here going out all hold like a you know a cool place for me because uh i remember my friend doing cool things to these themes like i remember when the wyatt family first came out and i was like yes that's awesome look at him look at him he's in his element this is great and then this theme Makes me remember his intercontinental title run, which is it was so cool for you know for me to see him do that. It Just you know, it felt good. Um, and and I always felt he you know he was a star. He he's my friend, and I'm biased, so don't get me wrong. But <laughs> uh, I always thought that a, a singles run could be built on him. So uh, it was exciting to see it. And it, uh, I really thought he was going to get that WrestleMania match. And that would have been unbelievable. And that's all, that's what this theme makes me remember.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those those runs he had where it was like, you know, he had the feud with Ziggler over the IC belt and they had the ladder match, which was great. And and there was, as you brought up there, that little moment, you know, during Mania season that one year where he was kind of in the mix potentially with AJ and Bray and Randy and it's like, oh, there's a chance he might be in the Mania match for the world title. And it just, you know, wasn't to be, unfortunately. But um, but I, I do like the name of the song, Swamp Gas. I think that's very fitting because Swamp Gas is very unpleasant. It's dirty. It's smelly. It could be dangerous. And for someone like Luke Harper, the way he looks, the way he wrestles, the way he acts, those are the connotations that you really want with that kind of character. And I think as well... The overall mean, rough and tumble tone of the song works well for him too. Gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have, <laughs> once again, they could have gotten him away from the 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 swamp thing if they wanted to. Um, uh, they could have done anything after the Wyatt family, but they, they, they kept with it, and I mean, it it's fine. It worked for him. The, you know, uh, it's. The the AEW stuff is great because it was the first time a lot of people had even ever seen him outside of the wife beater and jeans. Um, But man, the wife beater and jeans really worked for him. They really did. He's he's one of one of very few who can actually pull it off. Uh, Lazy indie wrestlers will tell you that they can
2: pull it off, but they're liars. (laughs) Well said. Well said. So, uh, yeah, in late 2017, uh, Luke Harper is repackaged. He loses his first name and is now just Harper. Eric Rowan is now just Rowan. And they both have very big mallets and are now called the Bludgeon Brothers. And this is basically the last part of the Luke Harper run where he was really featured and pushed in some way because they were tag champs for many months. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers theme is by CFOs. It's called... Brotherhood. mentioned with previous themes about how many of them were very, you know, ominous, very menacing, well this takes that to a whole nother level. This is super ominous, super menacing. Starts off with those, you know, guttural throat noises, the crows, I mean we are in for a spooky time right there and then, and then you get just these big crushing riffs and it's all just so powerful and that's the emphasis of the song really. It's not that they're crazy or unhinged or whatever it's that they're just so damn big and powerful and they will just destroy you as these dominant forces and you know when you have these two guys who are big and mean and scary looking and you know they have these giant hammers a song like this will just it will fit them to a t-con
0: yeah uh i think what sucks is injury really is what derailed this team, I think, uh, without injury, the Bludgeon Brothers have a much longer, much more successful run, which is crazy because they won the tag titles at WrestleMania. They they really did have a super successful run, and it, you're right. This theme is super ominous. Almost, mo- it's it's uh, it's like a level up from the Wyatt family theme. It's. Uh, It's much more ominous. It's much more doom is coming, you know, like end of days type of theme song.
2: Yeah, this is definitely a a sharp move away from the southern vibe into just a more general horror vibe, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a move away from the Wyatt family and that era into this new era and this new gimmick. Even though they're the same guys who were a tag team in the Wyatts, you know, it's still Harper and Rowan but they're not that Harper and Rowan. This is a clean break. This is the Bludgeon Brothers. This is something new. So yeah, it is a hard pivot away from cults and away from the South and all that and into just, you know, a, a new chapter calling.
0: Yeah, and this one's one that I, I experienced live. Standing you Standing yes. in the ring, watching the <laughs> Bludgeon Brothers walk towards me to this theme. And, uh, you know, John was my friend and I knew him since I was a kid, but uh, standing in the ring, watching these two walk towards you with that song playing is a whole different animal. It, it Like, there was a feel to it where
2: you're like, oh, crap. Uh, things are about to go down. Yeah, and if you have not seen the match, um, it doesn't go very long. Uh, <laughs> it, it was not a 30-minute epic by any means, but uh, but that was the gimmick. I mean, they were just a tag team who would just crush dudes in, in short order. Um, I mean, they won the belts at Mania in like six minutes or whatever that year. So... Yeah, that was that was their role, and they played it to perfection, as Brody did, you know, for all of us gimmicks, con.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like we we talked about it, he started as this goofy. He had a mustache. He had a straight up handlebar mustache, <laughs> didn't he, in that first Chikar match?
2: I think he did. Yeah, yeah. Was he
0: mustached then? Because he did at a time have the he had uh, the sideburns like I had when I was younger, and uh, and a handlebar mustache and that goofy thing. But then someone said i'd see you as a trucker and instantly he transformed into that you know and then uh uh, the wyatt family instantly he rolls into that and then bludgeon brothers he could just roll into that too he uh, whatever they needed him to do he was ready to do it and he was great at it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah we we talked about just how great brody was as a guy in real life you know let's Let's not gloss over the fact that he was just a fantastic wrestler too. Like yeah. the guy was great in the ring. He understood his characters so well and he was just a, a damn great wrestler. Like <laughs> what more needs to be said, Colin? You know, we we can't let that go unstressed at all.
0: No, god no. Yeah. He, I mean, he he really was good at, at at everything he did and it's it's easy to see why um you know, every step of the way there was always it always seemed like everywhere wanted to do something with him they just couldn't
2: always nail down what that thing was Mm -hmm, for sure so in early 2019 uh, Brody requests his release from WWE Uh, they deny him because of some contractual bullshit and keep him there for the rest of the year until finally he is released at the end of the year and a few months later he is in AEW as the exalted one Mr. Brody Lee Leader of the Dark Order. And uh, his theme in AEW, and uh, sadly his last theme ever, is by Mikey Ruckus. This is called, He is Exalted.
0: Wake up,
1: your mind.
2: So the exalted one was Brody not as a henchman, not as a tag partner, not as just a singles guy, but as a leader, as the top guy. He is exalted, it's right there. And you can't just give him the standard Dark Order stable theme. He needs something more, which is where the choirs come in. He is exalted, it's very over the top, and you still have that connective tissue to the Dark Order theme with the overall sound and the join us chant. but make no mistake, this is all about Mr. Brody Lee, the leader of the group. So, I think Mikey did a great job here distinguishing him from the rest of the stable as their leader, Colin.
0: Yeah, and he... Uh, I mean, we've already talked about it a couple times, but man, he... Just like every role he had, he he took it on, and he, and he was incredible at it. Uh, I love the chance that people... Or, I love the fact that people got a chance to see him as this um before the end uh it does it does break my heart that they didn't get to see more of it and, and get to see more of his personality and, and more of who he was and more of what he could do because it, like i said he was a big personality he did have all that in him he just didn't get a chance to most other places and it looked like aew is going to give him the chance to uh to do that and be that and he could do that and be that but still be this menacing presence in the ring and still just beat people up in the ring but, uh, you know, uh, in these segments and in this whatever he showed you the, the you know, the I mean, even though he was being mean to people it's it's in a, you could see the big
2: personality on him Mm-hmm, definitely and and i think that sense of of showcasing something new with brody is very much evident with the song as well because you know his prior themes it was very much either look how scary he is or look how badass he is or or southern or the right stuff or whatever but this says look how important this guy is look at his nice suit look at his henchman doing his bidding for him you know, he is exalted. He is the man. He's the leader. And that, that's a very distinct turn from everything we got, you know, beforehand with Brody. And as well, you know, the gimmick itself was a distinct turn. You know, he wasn't wearing the wife beater and jeans anymore. Now he was in the singlet. Now he was in the robe. Now he had the suits. And he was talking, you know, more than he ever did in WWE. <laughs> and it was just this really refreshing look. At Brody Lee, even though, again, yes, he was still the same kind of guy in terms of beating people up and being this kind of dominant presence in the ring. Now we had this new dimension to him with the Exalted One character. And I think the music does reflect that pretty well, too, Colin.
0: Yeah, yeah. that And that theme absolutely reflects it with like the kind of the chorus sound to it, like the ah, to it. Um, it was a it's a it's a great theme song and yeah it just uh i I love that the exalted one got a chance to show both sides of him that big personality but also that ass kicker in the ring
2: oh yeah and he showed that over the course of his run no doubt which um i mean it's it's amazing just how short it was but how effective it was too like he was only active in aew for like seven months But he still managed to do a lot during that time. Like he wrestled for the world title and pay-per-view against Mox. Uh, He won the TNT title against Cody in that great squash match. Um, There was the dog collar match, which, you know, ended up being his last match and maybe the best last match ever. And, And most impressively, I think, he got the Dark Order over as an act. And that group was going nowhere before he showed up. But you know, along came Mr. Brody Lee, and he turned it right around. And it's a testament to just how good he was as that character and in that role. It all just, it all works so well. And I just, I wish so much we had more of it, but we don't. So, you know, I think we we need to really appreciate just what Brody did in that short run, Colin, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think as as people have listened to this and and they'll, they'll get the idea, but he, he could do anything. Um, anything that he was, he was put with, he did, and he did amazingly. And it felt like his whole kind of career at times was just people trying to find the right thing for him. But, uh, the right thing for him was just to whatever he was so versatile. He was so good, uh, at everything. And, and, you know, in the ring is one thing, but uh, he was so charismatic. They could have had him do anything and he would have made it work just like he did with the exalted one. And uh, I I only like, I mean, just the thought of what he could have done, you know, had he, uh, you know, been around longer is, is crazy to think about.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's tough to think about, you know, what could have been because he was just he was taken so soon um I mean thinking back to that night that he died I was at work and you know the news broke and my legs just went weak because it was such a massive shock you know outside of a few people I don't think anyone really knew how sick Brody was so it was all just so you know gut-wrenching um and then AEW did the tribute show a few days later on Dynamite and I think looking back, that show is not just, you know, one of the most important shows of their run so far, but um, it was also really the classiest, most well-done tribute show I think I've ever seen. And it was sad and it was heartbreaking at times, but it was also cathartic and heartwarming too at times. You know, all the spoken tributes uh, the gear tributes, um, evil Uno doing the Tim Donst boot over Bryce, which just, you know, popped me something fierce and the end montage with old 55 by Tom Waits. It was, it was just a simply incredible and, you know, beautiful show calling in so many ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, this, the, this episode should probably end with that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cause, uh, I mean, it wasn't a theme song, but it, it, uh, it does encapsulate the man. Um yeah, and it was it was a beautiful tribute. I mean, like seeing clips of our backyard stuff <laughs> on national television is is still a, a crazy thing that I can't get past. Um yeah, I mean yeah, I mean I remember where I was, I remember how I felt, I remember uh the whole thing. I uh that tribute show is, uh, like you said, one of the classiest, best-done things, but I I mean, I was in a whole
2: different universe watching it. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the part I always go back to is the Hangman, Silver, and Reynolds versus MJF, Santana, and Ortiz match. I mean, that to me is like the ultimate tribute match, you know, from Silver and the Brody gear, to uh, Eric Rowan making the save, uh, to you know MJF ripping off Brody Jr.'s mask and then immediately getting his comeuppance with the kendo stick and the discus lariat finish. I mean, it's all it was all just perfect. It was so beautifully perfect, and it was all part of AEW's commitment to you know honoring Brody's legacy and making sure that his family is taken care of and looked after. And they have kept that promise ever since. You know, uh, with like Brody Jr. being the Dark Order mascot of sorts with with Ten as the big brother and um, Amanda, his widow, getting a job there at the company. So, yeah, they, they've kept that promise 100% ever since. And um, and looking back, yeah, I mean, he has missed so much. You know, he, his first show there was the first empty arena show because of the pandemic. He was supposed to have his debut with the Rochester show. But the pandemic hit, and he couldn't do that. And he didn't get full crowds again. He missed out on that. He missed out on touring. He missed out on a match with Hangman, or Eddie Kingston, or Lance Archer. He missed out on guys like Punk coming in, and Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole, and all these new guys. He missed all that. Um, And if there is any good in any of this, it's that... AEW has proven that Brody will never be forgotten, ever. He'll always be part of that company in some way, and he'll always be remembered by people in that company, and and wrestling at large, of course. And, you know, I mentioned Punk and Bryan. A big reason why Punk and Bryan are in AEW right now doing like the best work of their careers is because of that Brody tribute show and because of how AEW has taken care of Brody's family. So, even in a situation like this, which is so tragic and horrible, Brody still found a way to leave this positive impact on the wrestling world with this just massive showing of love from people for him and for his family. And I think regardless of matches, regardless of of gimmicks or storylines or promos, I think that will be his ultimate legacy in wrestling Colin. it's it's that love i think
0: yeah I, I totally agree with you uh and uh yeah i mean if that's his his legacy it's a great one um and and if anyone deserves it like we were just saying uh the outpouring we we talked about it on the on the onset of this thing the outpouring of love that came down when he did pass he meant so much to so many people so but we know that WWE is this big massive corporation and and they'll never see anybody as more than just a cog in the wheel but AEW recognizes these people as as what they are and and John was a great human being and they wanted to remember that and they still want to remember that and they you know they still don't let that go which they shouldn't um but WWE where he spent most of the time that people remember him uh, wouldn't they wouldn't do that and that's not like a knock on them that's just their uh you know their style their business practice is 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 not to do that but it's refreshing that somebody like aew would and some people may not like it but i mean some people didn't know the man you know Mm mm-hmm
2: Alright, well that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening and uh, Colin a massive and sincere thank you to you for being here. Um, This is an episode that I will never forget and having you here sharing your memories of Brody and and your love for him. I know it's not easy, I know that but still uh, it was an absolute honor to have you on here uh, talking about those memories and that love. So again, uh, thank you so much for being here.
0: Hey man, I appreciate you having me on. I, thanks to Akuma for uh, reaching out and getting me to do this. Uh, you know, uh, I love the man. I still love the man, and uh, and anything, any chance to talk about him, I'll take it.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead.
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me on social media. I mean, I'm at I'm on Twitter at extremely cute. I was uh, I was on that Twitter game pretty early, so at Extremely Cute was still available, and I got it. Uh, Instagram, at Extremely Colin. I think that's really all I got. Uh, follow me there. I usually post up what I'm doing, where I'm going. Not really, because I hate social media, but I do it when I have to. <laughs> so, yeah, you can follow me there. I'm around. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for having me, man.
2: Oh, you're welcome, man. This was great, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's funny, after Akuma... You're the second wrestler I've had on the show, but you're the first active wrestler I've had on. So, um, you know, just in general, this is pretty cool for me to have you on here. So, uh, again, uh, thank you for being here.
0: I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, no problem. And uh, and Music of the Met is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great shows at voicesofwrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Matt. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Uh, Voicesofwrestling.com slash Discord for any comments or discussions. Voicesofwrestling.com slash Donate for any donations. Uh, just click the big Donate button beneath the name Music of the Matt. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And, of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places uh, Colin thank you again and I'll see you around thanks brother all right for Colin Delaney I'm Andrew Rich and I'll see you next time on music of the mat take care guys
1: well my time went so quickly I went Out to my own-